0: Constructed Criticism is sponsored by Oasis Games. MTGoasis.com is the place to get cards for your next Magic event. Try them out with code CCMTG for 15% off of your first order and use the code Would that be good for 4% off of every order. Want to support the show directly? Head on over to patreon.com/CCMTG to check out some awesome benefits and future goals for the show. Thanks for listening and here's this week's episode of Constructed Criticism. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Constructed Criticism Network. This network is here to help you improve in Magic: the gathering at every level. From popper Leagues to Top 1000 Mythic, we've got you covered. If you want to hear the entire network, head on over to our sponsor at PureMTGO.com, where you can hear each and every show, each and every week, and check out their sponsor, MDGO Traders, and tell them that the CCMTG Network sent you. Now sit back, enjoy the show, from YouTube, podcasts, and more. Here's this week's episode from ConstructedCriticism.com.
1: Hello. Hello everyone, welcome to the 390th episode of Constructed Criticism. I am your full of eggs host Mason, joined my two co-hosts, Aben Spencer. What do you all have to do tonight?
0: I think that carrots are the best part of pot roast by a substantial margin. And anyone who disagrees is kind of crazy. Like The fact that carrots soak up the flavors of everything else so well, I, I, it blows my mind that anybody picks another part of the pot roast to be better.
2: It's kind of insane to me that some people say that potatoes aren't the best part of the pot roast. Because potatoes just have this amazing texture Dude, and are just so delicious.
0: It's, it's so true. Like and, I'm like the potato guy. I love potatoes more than anything else in the world. And somehow and you're still
2: picking carrots.
0: And somehow only in pot roast do I pick carrots over potatoes.
2: That's that is kinda of wild. That's I'm a cute. huge I'm a huge potato guy. I'm also a huge scrambled egg guy to scrambled eggs this morning. I'm really I'm really bridging the gap between all worlds here. Real
1: recognize real. <laughs> yeah. I <laughs> yeah. just saute some vegetables, put some eggs in there, call it a day. Here to game. Here to talk about our wish list and things we want to hopefully see and work on this coming year for Magic. That's going to be today's episode. But first, we do need to do Always Improving. That is the main point of the show. And Abe, I believe it's your turn to go first.
2: Yeah, so uh, my Always Improving this week has been spending some time... Consuming content and picking the brain of uh, people around me. Most notably, Misplaced Ginger on Twitch. Uh, he's been streaming a bunch of the Trophy Race stuff, and I've really watched a lot of him play the Grixis Shadow deck, a deck that I hadn't really put many reps into, or an archetype I hadn't really put many reps into since uh, Modern Horizons 2. And so. You know, getting to compare notes on how I felt about things that he was doing in sideboarding or some of his ideas in deck building versus his experiences with so many matches played, and kind of seeing what his thought process was, what mine was, and lining those up, I feel like I've really learned a lot about that archetype this week. Really, just kind of refreshing to have a moment of uh, taking in something new uh, and and comparing notes uh, with with someone without having to like put a bunch of hours into playing myself and still feel like I'm getting a lot out of it.
1: Yeah, you get to kind of farm them from XP, you know, it's yeah. kind of like
2: a mobile game. You, you leave them on idle, you go do your thing, you come back, you get your rewards. It's great. Yeah, you check those sideboarding decisions, see if you agree or disagree, and then you're like, I kind of disagree, like, what, what's up? What's the what's the idea here? And you get to, get to talk it out. Great way to improve in general, just watching people play, so...
1: Yeah, so mine has been similar-ish, but it's been about me kind of going in the trenches. Uh, I've been trying to work on and look at decks in Modern that are kind of not quite there, but are very close to being great decks. So, you know, Brain Delight, uh, the kind of the controlling scapeshift deck, and Dogmoth are the two decks that I've been the most kind of digging my teeth into them and a couple other ones. Uh, and specifically for Yawgmoth, I've played a lot of it over the last four days or so. Really trying to get a hand on the deck. I actually bought all the cards from our proud sponsor, Oasis Games. And so, you know, I'm excited to play in in paper. It's really fun. But yeah, I, I just try to get in there just so I can have a better understanding of those decks and kind of do my homework, you know. And kind of like the way that Abe mentioned how, you know, Death Shadow uh, kind of hadn't played it. Had some you know thoughts about it before how things change. Checking back in, it's kind of doing that myself with these decks. That way, when you know something does change or the time is right for these sort of decks, I can kind of hop on them and uh, be ready to go. And so, I've reached the point now where I can tell you how Moth works in detail, and not like I recognize when I'm dead versus when I'm not dead. Fun fact, by the way, in case you're listening and you're trying to always figure out like, am I dead? In this Gerald Messenger or not? If you're both at the same life total, but it's even, Messenger kills you. But if it's odd, they kill themselves. So, a little fun fact there. 16, you're dead. 17, you're okay. Fun little facts. So, there you go. Know, Spencer, what about you?
0: Yeah, I've mostly been working on Standard uh, again. I was looking at Modern decklists and stuff like that. And But, you know, as, as I was kind of looking towards, I was interested in doing a Magic. You know, part of that for me is wanting to make deck techs. And I feel like Standard is at that place where everybody's like, oh, it's solved. We don't have to do anything. And I don't believe that that's true. Um, And so I've been working on blue-black control pretty heavily. I have not lost a match to blue-red, whether it be on ladder or whether it be in events in quite a while. I think that the hardest matchups for blue-black control right now are actually, depending on how you tune either mono-green or mono-white, because... Those decks present such different threats that it can actually be pretty tough to combat both of them with the deck, with the way that this kind of the sweepers line up, especially because I think that the snow version is correct, which makes mono white even harder to play against. So it, it's something that I've been working on. I tried tons of different versions of the deck, just trying to work out the flux slots and stuff like that, and I hope to do a deck tech on it this week.
1: Witches, no witches, is that like kind of where you're at? Yeah. Or is it...
0: So I if I would have to pull my list, but I think right now. I'm on three witches, two leer, one HBH. Yeah, in the main, the the thing that is kind of different in my list. I think I talked about this a couple weeks ago, but I'm pretty high on some number of blood chief's thirst over like the four Fading hope type of stuff. I think I think the fading hope is really good at protecting your stuff, but like the format is so aggressive, trying to beat the other decks. That you you actually have to have to play some of Bloodchief's thirst. I also think that like I'm on two main, two to in the side, small concessions to like become a really tuned blue-black control list. It, it's funny. Uh, I was talking to two to my best friends, former co hosts of the show, have just really gotten back into Magic in Matt Kling and Quentin Pierce. So you know I've been in discords with them a lot over the last couple weeks. Quinn's really high on like the blue-red decks. And I I just actually can't win with that deck, mostly because of the arena algorithm, to be honest. The number of mirror matches that you play on arena is so high, no matter what deck you're playing, because of the algorithm that it's really frustrating. And the only way to get around that that I've found is to play events, and then you, like, sometimes play against BS decks. I don't want to play the blue-red mirror unless I specifically entombed for it, but then I think you actually are a pretty big dog to mono-white, in my opinion. It's kind of tough. And I think blue-black kind of goes in between those pretty well by being like a control deck that's really good against creature decks but like can really easily just like rip your opponent's hand to shreds. Like if you if you resolve a Leer in Blue Black against Blue Red, you basically always win. Kind of how it was uh, when the kid kind of popped up at the invitation. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was saying to Quentin today. I was, he was like, you know, I, have, I was having trouble. I was like, yeah, I think you have to like specifically worry about their galvanic turns and then focus on resolving your leers, and the matchup becomes good for you.
1: Well, that's gonna do it for our always improving segment. Let's kind of hop into our main show topic today. So today on the episode, what we're gonna do is we kind of have like a wish list slash um, goals for Magic kind of hybrid episode for us. So we've each picked three things that we kind of are hoping to kind of do well in or work on or come to fruition over the course of the year. And uh, I'll start things off. I'm going to kind of each just talk about it a little bit and have a little bit of conversation about each person's thing and then uh, send you all into the new year ready to go. Only, my friends, 39 days like Kamigawa. Time marches on. Uh, (laughs) So for for my my first one, improving at doing this podcast, but content creation in general, and this is kind of a more uh, niche one for kind of, you know, us in general. And so I'm not going to harp on this one too long, but I am kind of curious to hear what y'all think about this because it's like a big part of my life and it takes up a lot of my time and everything. And I think improving at doing the podcast and writing articles and streaming and all that sort of stuff in YouTube is really going to be helpful not only for myself when it comes to time efficiency and those things going well and like the benefits from those things going well, but also I think for the listeners and that sort of stuff. And I think if I can get better at distilling the information in more understandable and bite-sized ways, that will be really helpful for a lot of people, especially if I can start getting better at getting bigger picture stuff condensed. Because I feel like I can often get small stuff pretty easily condensed, but for bigger things, it's a little harder and there might not be any way to shrink the file size too much. You know what I mean? That's kind of one of my, my big ones. Do y'all have any thoughts on that, by the way, I know this one, I don't want to go too deep because a lot of our listeners aren't content creators, I'm sure, but, you
0: know? I, I think that one thing that nine years of this podcast has taught me is that when you do a show like Instructed Criticism, it forces you to think about magic really critically every time you play. It can sometimes be pretty exhausting learning how to communicate that. I know that we always talk about the Hinder Father as like kind of the goat of this show, but there's a, there's a pretty good reason for that because he had such an ability to... Say so little to convey so much. It's a skill that's really hard to learn. But also just like the amount of work you have to put in to be able to do that is pretty big. And, uh, you know, I I have different content creation goals than I have on my wish list. But like being more like Mike, pun not intended, is definitely one of my goals for this year. As like somebody who rejoined the show not as the host, but as as a co-host. So I really, when you talked about reducing the file size... In the information that we're putting out I, I, that really resonated with me.
1: Yeah, we really want to min max your time to everything
2: like that. Abe, do you have any thoughts on that too?
1: I don't want, yeah, don't I mean, I,
2: any, yeah. It's a constant thing for me with Magic, is what you're describing. And, you know, it's definitely finding good ways and like really just simple ways of breaking down really complicated things that people understand and resonate with is a huge challenge. I feel like we've kind of all three of us been going through it with uh, every time we talk about the playtesting idea in our head thing for the last few weeks. Like, we've had this idea for this episode of, like, let's describe that. And I know that I've been thinking about how to describe what I do, and it's still just it's so much where it's like, can I really get this down, and can I condense it? And that skill is something that uh, I think I think we're all getting closer to that answer when we're thinking about that one thing. Making magic more accessible and making improvement easier, that much easier for people who listen to the show is definitely a, a really good goal, and I, I think it's an awesome one, so.
0: one. One of the things that I really love about the Training Grounds topics for this show is just... How you can take something so little, and you get you get three people that are really into Magic the Gathering strategy, and we can just go off for so long.
1: Yeah, it's, it's almost the inverse, right? It's like you we can we can extract a lot from a little file. You know, a picture's worth a thousand words situation. So yeah, yeah, it is one of the, the really cool things about not only doing the shows but having listened to the shows as well. Where will we end up when we have this as the topic? Is I think always really interesting. So, my next one is uh, improving at tempo decks. And I'm sure if anyone read where I, how I put these in our show notes, it's, it's freaking them out, the order in which I'm jumping around. But, uh, improving at tempo decks is something that I personally really want to work on uh, and as a goal for Magic. I have a pretty good baseline for most types of decks and stuff like that. I think I can play them all to like a reasonable capacity. And That wasn't always, I mean, obviously it wasn't always the case. But even in like the last few years, I worked a lot on playing aggressive decks and stuff like that and decks that are You know, like Prowess, for example, the things that I would kind of shy away from before and burn. And uh, I really worked on that at the beginning of COVID about three years ago. Now I feel really comfortable with all that sort of stuff. But the one area where I feel not as good as I would like to be and needs, I think, the most work uh, outside of specific combo decks would be Tempo decks. I just think in general, Tempo decks have not been a thing in my history with Magic very often, that were like good. You know what I mean? Like, they haven't really, like, Rug Delver was kind of on its way out, for example, when I was coming into Magic. So, that's like not an experience I had. And in modern tempo decks have never really been that good. You know, even Blue, Red, and Merktide in current modern is the closest thing I think to a tempo deck I've played a lot of. And that's really more of a mid range deck. You know, it's not, it very rarely is actually a tempo deck, in my opinion. This thing that I really want to work on because it's like this whole archetype of decks that will have its moment of being really good and i don't want to have to play catch up when the time comes kind of like we talked about in the always improving segment where you know when yog is good i don't want to be the guy who's in the leagues trying to figure out how to you know play yog and figure out the combo and all that sort of stuff i want to have that information already downloaded so that now i can play with the new busted card you know and so that that that's a big one for me because I, I think that's something and that also help me play against tempo decks better. I think if I have a, you know a better understanding, it's funny if you understand things more and you can <laughs> play with and against them better. It's a really weird concept. I was gonna say
2: my number one tip for tempo decks is always just consider that the resource you're fighting over is the amount of turns the game lasts, and so every single card you're going to spend at some point at negative advantage because you're closing the game within that that time. Not. You're ending it in stage in stage one of development or whatever, so every time you're trading down just consider that it's actually for the time the intangible that that's like Mm -hmm. the number one thing that when i was first learning to play like delver decks and legacy and in standard and kind of like getting my feet wet in the uh, archetype my understanding of that and my way to intuit that into existence gave me a lot of success back then i
0: i would just like to add i love i love the goal you know i i similarly took COVID to learn a lot more about aggressive decks and my next goal is combo decks, so you know I, I completely feel this goal as a personal dog? So, yeah,
1: a little, little Amulet Titan, <laughs> a little Belcher.
0: Yeah, so <laughs>
1: target you. <laughs> yeah, no, we'll see. We'll see how that goes uh, and everything. It is an interesting. Uh, it kind of is interesting because I don't think there are any good tempo decks right now. But that's neither here nor there. <laughs> I'm going to I'm gonna have to find a tempo deck I can play a bunch of or we're just work on the skills somehow. This one is kind of a disingenuous one. So I, I put do well in the NRG events. But really what, what I mean is to continue to get back into the swing of things of playing tournaments in the process and staying on top of it and refining it. I think it can be very easy. Um, and this is something that you know, Abe, I'm sure, sympathizes with. And Spencer would playing GPs on back-to-back weekends, or like, even with a week in between them. Uh, when you play a bunch of it's back-to-back-to-back, it can be pretty tiring, especially when you're traveling for them to any of other stuff going on. Like, you know, I work a full-time job and I do all this content creation, et cetera. And I want to make sure that I'm staying on top of these things so that I can be doing well in them. My, my kind of personal goal is to be in the running for the energy player championship thingy that they're doing after the first four events. But I have to miss one of the weekends, I think because of work stuff. So I'm going to need to do really well. in the other three weekends, but that's either here or there. But I just want to make sure that like I was in that sort of thing. And it's like, you know, had I been able to go this weekend or had I, you know, played a little tighter, I could have been in that sort of thing and kind of wanted to, you know, make sure that I'm doing that sort of stuff or, you know, maybe even just make it if, uh, you know, things continue to go well. So really want to stay on top of that with preparation and balance of magic and not letting it, you know, fall off because it is something I've dedicated so much time to. And it can be easy to be like, ah, eh, you know, I'm going to play God of War instead, et cetera, et cetera, even though I've like, you know, bought this ticket to fly to Chicago or whatever. So that's uh, my last goal.
0: I love it. I, I think that, like, we'll get into mine, but I have, like, kind of similar, like, the magic events that I'm playing and are dictating, kind of, what I'm trying to do. One piece of advice that I'll give you, Mason, uh, on the previous topic, because I wanted to double check before I said this, uh, is play some popper challenges, dude, like, for the tempo goal, because, like, while Scred and Blue Black Delver can be the control deck in that format, mm-hmm. they're really often tempo decks. Um, same with Mono Blue. So that, that could be something that really helps you understand uh, the macro archetype pretty well. That's
1: true. That's a form. I forget that's a real format. I wonder if Pioneer has Tempo decks.
0: Uh, I looked at Historic, Popper, and Alchemy before I opened my mouth. I did not look mm-hmm. at Pioneer. Um, but, but Popper also is just like a really great competitive format right now. Uh, really fun. A lot of different decks and a lot yeah. of room for play. Just like every other brainstorm format, so
2: My only big gripe about Popper right now is that it feels like the format is kind of warped in the direction of affinity and decks that can like stone rain affinity six times to be able to beat them.
0: Yeah, and I mean that kind of
2: sucks. But the, the core gameplay around Popper at all times is very, very good. Like, like outside of that dynamic, all of the non-affinity matchups I think are are always really interesting and always really, uh, really great places to refine your skills as a magic player and stuff. So
0: yeah, I'll kind of add on to your your NRG one because, like, you know, looking at the next year, I, I still am probably not ready to go back to the grind the way. I did before I had kids. Maxwell's getting old enough where, like, I feel comfortable leaving my wife alone with him. But, like, you know, we got a baby again. So kind of looking at the the future of my magic, it'll be when GBs come back going to a couple of those. But, like, I really do plan on playing all of the 1Ks in my area next year. And I'd like to kind of get back to form. You know, I was top eating well over 80% of the 1Ks uh, in my area before COVID. And I'd like to kind of keep on pace with that. And that would kind of be one of my measurable, actionable goals. I think I said this a couple episodes ago where like people have asked me about the one ks locally, like how do you do so well? And you know, what is your goal when you go in? I was like, well, my goal is to win, but like, that's not really the goal. Like the goal is to put myself in the position to win. And the way that you do that is to, to top eight. You can't win if you don't top eight. There's a couple of things that you can do to do that, right? Like picking a good deck, making good mulligan decisions, having a sideboard plan for your deck, uh, stuff like that. And so for me, this means playing more modern, uh, playing more pioneer and playing more sealed uh, are the ways that this is going to happen for me uh, because those are the most popular 1K formats in my area. Goal number one, and the rest of mine are kind of wish list things. Uh, I took this more of a wishlist episode than I did a... A goals episode. Mason Ma- just grinds. He's just yeah, got the huge grind true. He, he really can't he help but want
2: more for himself. Yeah, it's, it's yeah,
0: sure. Really, really making the rest of us look bad here, Mason.
1: I have some advice for you, by the way. I ran into someone was at my LGS who goes to school in uh, Utah and the LG, their local game stores, Oasis Games. Oh yeah, and they said they said that the aggro decks are in full force over there. That it's like hammer, burn, prowess all the time. So there's ever a time to pick back up the amulets. You know, now's you know, your it,
0: time. It's, it's funny. Uh, my playtest group wants everybody to play Modern again, too. And it's like, I only have so many days that I can, like, play Paper Magic. Like, if I'm going to play every 1K, like, I got to pick a day. And then, you know, we can jam games between, between rounds and stuff. And, like, I, Standard's just my favorite constructed format. It probably will be until they bring back Extended. Pioneer, movie. <laughs> well, I I'd be happy to play pioneer uh, at this point. Like, I mean, I'm gonna have to, right? Because like that's just one of the formats Say that it. get one K's.
1: Say it about pioneer. Do <laughs> it.
0: It's just a dead format. Like people just don't play it. Oh. Yeah, it's so Star funny you, you both got your digs, right? Like he got a call that extended, you gotta say it was dead. It's like uh but, but in all honesty, like uh I think that I'd love to have more opportunities, but one of the reasons that I'm gonna focus on one case is because of the family situation, right? So it's it's kinda like a double edged sword. Yeah, my next one is kind of a wish list. Like I left constructive criticism for some personal reasons and stuff like that. Like we were having hundred plus open events. It was really fun. You know, they were free at that time. We're going to charge $10 this time, but I'd love to get back to that. You know, we're offering the same price support. Plus, I think that there is a need for competitive magic events and stuff like that. And, you know, leave a comment. Let us know what you guys want that to look like. But I would love to offer something where people can get good competition, you know, four times a year from our events and really test themselves against people with really similar goals and no, yeah, awesome. that doesn't mean that you two can play
1: yeah yeah you know i'm already grinding uh i got some friends in chicago they're all acting really tough on private twitter I has got to show what what's good southern boys can do when we call them up you know, <laughs> she's a little southern hospitality so i'll let the listeners dodge it for a little while and i'll, I'll convince spencer to let me in for one week and you know and kind of show them no. what's up when the time comes no. but uh yeah i'm really excited for the uh, the events and stuff like that it's going to be fun doing those and
0: yeah, the first one will be in February. we got to announce a date. The, the other thing that I, I'll say kind of about these is, like, you know, we have not announced an Invitational at the end of it. But that doesn't mean it won't happen. Um, so, you know, there could be retroactive stuff that comes. It just kind of depends on how they go. Our main goal for this is to give you guys an outlet as listeners. So if if any of you folk want anything out of this, you know, let us know. That's how this moves forward. But, you know, I, I played some number of those SCGs when I had the opportunity I played some number of other stuff. Like I get it that for a lot of people, especially people like that are immune compromised, like you, you are looking for outlets to compete and you know, we want to be able to give those to you. So my last one is a definite, just out of the park wish smack, I'm going to softball it to Abe so we can smack out of the park. Like I really just want pioneer on arena. I think that what they've done with historic and alchemy Has made my Arena experience worse. I want to love Arena. But I'm like really close to switching back to MTGO. And I would really hope that we can get Pioneer on there. And just have more paper analogs on the client. So that when I'm preparing for a 1K, it becomes a lot easier for me. I
2: don't know it's definitely a thing that's coming you know the team keeps on saying it but it, it's definitely weird being in this spot right now where it feels like arena is moving so separate yeah, always just, from from magic and paper i'm glad i'm a moto guy because if, if i had any of my one case coming up there's nothing i can do on arena to for him
0: you know like i said the the, mo- the three formats sealed pioneer and, sealed, modern. Pioneer
2: and modern those are it's, not things you like, have to really play on the
0: the thing is is that sealed deck building is so bad on arena that it's yeah. like almost not worth playing
1: what they don't want you to know stay woke kings and queens as you export your arena deck to goldfish download it load it up in moto build your sealed pool and then build your deck on arena that's that's the secret they don't tell
0: you that's so frustrating i i, I think I, that like honestly like I, I would be pretty happy if they put pioneer on arena i think how much money they make too right like i know they want to do pioneers masters or whatever but like if they just released the draft formats of those sets I mean, they'd make infinity dollars. So, like, yeah.
2: I uh, think they'll be coming in like what? What they say, like two years in their last update on it.
0: Well, they That's announced they the delay. Well, I don't know what they said when they announced the delay, right? When they st- when they basically said they were shutting down Pioneer Masters.
2: I think they said when they like announced Alchemy that had they had they devoted all of their resources to Alchemy instead to Pioneer, it still wouldn't be ready by like this time next year. Is what they by, said. Th- by that uh, time next okay. year, yeah. So it still wouldn't have been ready. But but now maybe it's probably coming like early 2023 or something.
0: It, it'll still take. I multiple think they probably
2: Pioneer. want to launch it all at once, but I don't. I don't know. They they might no. do it like they did with the uh, Star Horizons. That's I, all. That's all speculation. That we I, have no idea.
0: My understanding is that there was going to be multiple Pioneer Master sets to get us to Pioneer, just like the Master sets or or the collector so I want sets. To cross
2: those over with paper too, and run do like Pioneer Masters. Pioneer oh, that'd Masters be, paper that'd be for sick. The cards people need, Especially for ones that have come out over the last two years. Add that to my wish ganetic. list.
0: Let's, let's add yeah. this to my wish list. Like that should be super sweet.
2: Trade offer
1: 2023 pioneer horizons simultaneous launch with pioneer moto and a paper pioneer only cards
0: pioneer coming to arena would offer this analog to paper that I think people crave that historic was offering for like a hot second, just immediately went down the drain and, and I, I think that people crave that. I think that people want to be able to own their paper Pioneer deck, play it on Arena, and just go to town. Like, if you were to tell people Modern was coming to Arena, the same thing would happen, right? Like, everybody would clamor for it. I don't think that's possible on Arena, and I don't blame Wizards for not wanting to do that, but I do think it's possible for Pioneer, and we should make it happen.
1: I, I think it's coming for, for Arena, for Modern. It, it's it's, it's for coming for Modern. To yeah, 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 yeah. I think it's coming. I think it's a long oh, way away. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. It, it, it's it's not like let's, it's not like anywhere in the next three years. It's okay, like five years. I was just saying,
0: what is, the, what is the time frame here? Because yeah. let's bet. There's...
1: Yeah, I, I would easily take any bet on 2026.
0: If the podcast is still going by 2026. We'll be alive by then. Let's bet a year's worth of uh, sponsorship credits from Oasis Games.
1: Oh, yeah. I can do so much with that emoji. All right. <laughs> yeah, 20, yeah, 20, 20,
0: January 2026.
1: Hey, Siri, set a reminder for January 2026 for modern <laughs> announcement on Arena. So,
0: uh. Abe, what are your uh, wish lists or goals? Okay. Your reminder um, is that for January. <laughs> oh, my God, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, right. uh,
1: my, my friend Siri was sending a reminder for my oh, yeah. money.
2: <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I guess I'll kind of start uh, with mine that kind of piggybacks a bit off of what you're talking about, Spencer, which is um, I want there to be more on Arena that makes me excited to play it and excited to be good at it and to like get involved with it, which is something the latter has really lacked, but I've really enjoyed out of, uh, I don't know if anyone, any of you two have been playing the Decathlon events, on Arena over the last uh, week or so now. The whole thing culminates in this, like, one big event where you get to play for, like, if you get seven wins in this event, you get, like, a set of Kamigawa on Arena when it comes out. And otherwise, it's just a bunch of these small, cheap, different format queues. So far, I've got two of the, like, three required tokens to play this this final event uh, through doing, like, a mixed sealed deck of, like, Midnight Hunt and Crimson Vow and doing Zendikar Bot Draft and just, like, things that, you know, really feel cool and rewarding. Like, I've seen a lot of posts on Twitter of people being like, oh, yeah, like, what should I play in this, you know, random constructed event? Like, I'm playing Historic, like, Artisan, where you can only, you can play no rares and mythics, only commons and uncommons. Like, what's the best deck? And really just getting into it that way. I think that things like that have been really cool. Uh, you know, just a lot of the midweek magic offerings they like to play. I've really shaken up magic and really been something that I've enjoyed a lot over the year. And so I hope that there's more things like that. And especially Decathlon is such a cool culmination of all of the things that happened in magic over the last 12 months or whatever to see those come into play. Uh, I'd really like to see, see more of those just cause it does make the whole experience of playing magic feel a lot, a lot cooler in the same way. That's like a, it's a cool competitive outlet to grind rather than just being a ladder where you grind for a number. Cause that is kind of a dreary existence to me.
0: If I'm playing ladder this month, it's basically just to get all game in mostly. Yeah. Uh, I've just been playing in traditional events and standard, and historic and a little bit of alchemy. I have no interest in playing the arena BBQ. I have no interest in the last day grind <laughs> to yeah. get the arena BBQ stuff. Uh, one of the reasons, like for me that I'm considering going back to MT Joe is like, you know, they renewed the, um, the mocks. Yeah. They the renewed, the, they renewed the mocks this year. And it's like, well, you know what? I've actually never tried to do this. You know, I don't. I don't have the time that like people like, uh, you know, misplaced ginger have or whatever. But like,
1: you don't have all day to do nothing. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I, you know, I have you a aren't job. Seasonal unemployment. <laughs> I, I have
0: a job, and I would not say a life, but that actually sounded really rude because, like, you know, the, the things that he does. I'm
1: allowed to be rude to Derek here.
0: <laughs> I still think that like trying to qualify for the mocks would be really fun for me, and I think that what you're saying about like getting excited to log into Arena. It's something that I, I've also been lacking, so it really resonates with me.
1: It's interesting to me the my relationship with Arena because of the energies and stuff, and I'm dedicating so much time to those and so much like, for lack of a better word, money to do them because they are quite far from me. I need to fly to them for the most part. I have one that's drivable. It makes it so I should play Modern more and Legacy more, which you can't play on Arena obviously until 2026 and 2020 in 2032, respectively, of course. It Hello, everybody, makes... and
0: welcome to the new joke of the Constructive Criticism <laughs> Podcast. Oh, You'll show. be hearing it for three years.
1: <laughs> yeah, I can't wait to get this money. I'm going to buy all my legacy cards so that when they come on Arena, I can have those, too, to practice. No, but, uh, you know, I, I'm, like, playing, <laughs> I'm playing these things, and it's like, okay, well, why should I play Arena, right? Because, like, I'm streaming, and it's like, okay, like, something has to give at a certain point. And Arena is just the one where it's just like, okay... There's nothing to really get from this because it isn't time efficient for any of the ways to get to the pro tour. That's your thing, so I don't really want to do it that way, right? Like if I want to do that sort of thing, it's better to spend like 12 hours playing a Moto P T Q. It's harder, but it's a one shot. You know, it doesn't take like a whole day and a whole other weekend.
0: Dude, M T G O is the new Super Smash Bros melee basically the same thing at this point
2: if we could only be so lucky dude i i'm
0: I, i'm just saying like that's that's basically what it is right it's like the old guard it's way harder barrier to entry is higher but it's better competition it's your more- apm
2: has to be high you've got to know exactly <laughs> all your tech skills no flubbing no one likes it when you time them out you like, know aspiring yeah. is mango
1: uh <laughs> I,
0: I i really i'm i'm actually obviously like it's kind of a joke but kind of serious right like
1: yeah, I know it, it. It would be nice to have a reason to play Arena outside of I write articles that are like Arena focused, yeah. and we talk about Arena on this. Sh- well, we talk about formats that are the quickest to play on Arena because the, it does take longer, I think, to play games on of so standard on uh, magical line than Arena. And a lot of the times, it's not really about finding what's the best in the formats, but finding. Well, to find out like the, all the nitty gritty, it's getting the information to y'all so that you know you can do with it what you can. And often I can tell, I can get, I can get you the big idea of what it is and all that sort of stuff. But I can't get to the point where I'm like, yeah, no, I mean, you play Frogmoth on six with snake Skin veil, so you can, you know, blah 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 blah. Like I could have been Invitational. Yeah. but that's just not going to happen. So, uh,
2: outside of of that arena stuff, I think it's funny that both of you brought up the Pro Tour stuff because obviously I think something that all three of us would love to see would be a return of organized play. I specifically have been feeling what I want to see more than I want to see like a big grand return of the Pro because I just frankly don't think that the climate of the world is such that we should be doing that. The, the whole like traveling, inviting everyone to travel all the time. It, it's just not, not necessarily consistent or safe this year, but I would love to see, especially as these things have been, you know, going okay, the NRG is regional level and the local level tournament play to come back in a, in a way that's supported by was just goes what i have it said in like my note is like a pptq like system but you know something as simple as store championship like event they, they, they did these for the store championships. they run around the promos you give out but like what if your game day could be scheduled anytime your store championship could be scheduled anytime in the quarter and then every store has a store championship and then the winners of those store championships on your local level They can play some state championship that qualifies for some regional championship that qualifies for some national championship and just something that really brings back a real like grassroots energy of people who are just excited to be playing and trying to win at Magic being able to do that on a local and increasingly small and selective regional and national level in a way that. You know, could be manageably done safely with, with just some support from Watsi, because I know that, especially from my time working in LGS, you know what I still see at the LGSs. I'm able to go to the PPTQs, the the bread and butter. Like this is a thing that every player who cares wants to wants to show up to. Those ones really are huge for the LGSs and for the players to be able to have that sense of community and have the sense of the game being a, a big and cool thing to chase. And I think that, especially after so many years of being kind of on ice. Uh, it it feeling cool and being cool is kind of like a a big thing I want to see. And so I think that would go a long way to it. I don't know how you guys feel about that kind of proposition.
0: Dude, when they moved from the PBTQs back to PTQs, I remember that first PTQ. It was in Boise, Idaho. I was playing gruel warriors. Just the energy in that room was through the roof. People who had never gotten to play in an old school PTQ showed up and people were just hyped, dude. It was oh my gosh, I was so sick of PPTQs. They were the worst. This is so great. So many people were like making plans to travel to the next one after they got their second loss, like, "Hey, like, you want to go to this one in this city?" Like, I've never done anything in my life like the PTU scene. And and like talking to players of other competitive games, whether it be Yu-Gi-Oh or Smash Bros. There just wasn't anything like it. Like, I know poker pros that, like, do those ladder tournaments. It's just not the same. And maybe I'm naive. Maybe I'm wishing for something that's not possible. I'd give anything for it. Like, it's how I made my best friends in the entire world. I, I might cry. Kind of, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm, I might cry thinking about it.
2: I I don't blame you, man. Like, the I, I agree with you, having having also been a, a PTQ rounder. The, the experience of being in tournament halls full of people who just want to win and who just want to get better and who just want to be there to compete it's it's one of the best i personally think that like kind of a lot of the faults of the ppq system are kind of in a spot right now where they would they could be huge strengths the things where people like feel like they had to play on a local level there's not as much of like a oh well my friend who's like bronze already can't play because there is none of that and without that i think there will be time for a PTq system when i think wizards is a better idea of what OP looks like, but I would really just love to see the small ball stuff, the, the store level with a, with a bit of aspiration, just a little bit of a carrot don't, on a stick. Don't get
0: me wrong. I also love GPTs, man. Like GPTs were the nuts too. So
2: I don't know if Mason, you have any thoughts or if that's uh
0: yeah,
1: it's interesting to me. I mean, I didn't, you know, I came in and PPTQs were the thing that you played, right? I played a, a good amount of PTQs on and not like a large, one, nothing compared to y'all. I mean, it's like, you know, barely in the double digits, but, you know, high conversion rate from there. No, but just. No, I, I think, uh, I think
0: like RPTQs <laughs> basically add up to what a PTQ felt like for what it's worth.
2: Yeah. That's my wish list for It's just that, you know, something, something where it feels like a something that builds to a something that builds to a something from the very ground up. Because I, I think that's really what the Magic community needs right now. I, I think it's what, when I think of the competitive Magic players around me, it's what they really want to feel like organized play gives to them. And, and that's really all I want is that the people who are really involved really get to feel like their involvement takes them somewhere forward.
1: Yeah, you know? it, it, it's funny hearing you talk about that, because as you're doing it, my LGS owner is actually messaging. I can see it on Facebook at the corner of my eye. But my my LGS is kind of doing this thing like that. We keep mentioning Smash Brothers here, I guess because we all know the scene well enough. But I, I think grassroots stuff on like the local level, I think, is a great way to kind of like simulate that. And I hope that store can do things like uh my lgs the one i play every week the game cave they're doing a thing where for their modern tournaments they have a wednesday and a thursday and your match points uh that you get are put on the leaderboard at the end of the season which shows season i think he says four months or maybe it's three months i'm not exactly sure it's actually starting this sunday so it's like you're gonna be top 16 top 16 is gonna play and he's increasing the price pool or the, the entry for all the tournaments by two dollars but all that two dollars is going back into the thing because everyone's been saying like, yeah, I really want this. Like I was really more competitive with something like this. And he is somebody who used to play. He actually like was playing before I was not that much, but he played PTQs and stuff. And like he played the pro tours and that sort of thing. And he wants there to be something like that. And, you know, we're hopeful. And we've talked about like, yeah, we have a couple other stores from various parts of Tennessee. And it'd be great if like, if this works well for us, he says like, I would love to have those other stores emulated for their areas and then, like, have, like, you know, end of the year, like, this is the winner from quarter one, two, three, and four from each of these four stores held at this location, you know, and, like, do something just to get people excited about Magic in, like, the the Tennessee area. And, you know, Tennessee's wide enough that we can actually do that without, like, really cutting into each other's markets too much, you know, about, yeah. like, which store to go to. So it, it's really uh, it's really exciting. It's something that, you know, like, I want there to be stuff like that. And, and I love to see, like, people who are... Newer to magic, you know, kind of these COVID magic babies that found it via arena looking for something to do during the pandemic, you know, they're really excited to play these sort of things. Like uh, the sword championship was like a big deal to a lot of them. They were, the sword championship was cool. And I was excited to play something like that. I was excited. These people, it was like, this was the biggest thing they had ever played. And they were like really wanting to do well. And they were really practicing. They were really trying to put effort in. And that made me want to put effort in because I was like, you know, I want to like give them the best whatever, but also like their excitement got it going. And I, I think that sort of stuff is uh, doable at the store level too. So I don't know.
0: A little behind the scenes, one of the things that when talking about doing the CCMTG Open Series sponsored by Oasis Games, Alex Sittner, the owner of Oasis was curious if we were willing to do something at, at the local Utah level at Oasis. I think we want to focus on getting this community grown again. I don't, I, I said we weren't opposed to, to that, that local level stuff, but you know, the, my other hosts are in other parts of the world and the nation. So it's like, I get it though. I get what he's coming from. He's like, he wants to sponsor something for Oasis to, from the podcast and have us organize it and, and help out with it. So I I think that there is clearly a want from a lot of different places and it's possible that it does become, you know, we'll bring up the smash analogy again, but like it's possible it has to be the same thing that happened with, with smash. And it just has to be us that does it.
1: I, I'm actually kind of firmly in the belief that magic will do better once we're divorced from Watsi more. And that's not to be like a Watsy's terrible, their job type situation. I'm not trying to dig on them like that. I just think that, they're really good at those other things and other people can be good at these different things. And it puts a lot of pressure for them to be in charge of all of this for like no real reason. And the incentive, it's hard for them to make all these incentives that line up with what's best for the stores. So and it's like, if you can do these things from the grassroots level, you can get some big stuff. And so I think that's why things like SCG, Energy, those sort of things are so big and important for magic because it gives them people another thing to do. And Watsi, and Wats- to their credit was like providing pro invites to those things, you know, like before COVID you want an SCG, you got a pro invite. You want one of the face to face things, you got an invite.
0: And I think, so. I think those will come back. I, I do think that mm-hmm. to Abe's point though, while I agree with what you're saying, that like these, there needs to be some grassroots stuff. And I think they were trying to encourage that by giving face to face, the pro invite, by giving SCG the, the invite, hopefully in the future NRG gets that invite you know, one of my goals long-term was eventually for us to get that kind of invite when I was running those events before COVID. I think that those are great long-term goals for grassroots movements, but I do think that there needs to be, if there's a national championship, right, for Magic the Gathering in every nation or whatever, or in every region, however they're going to do it, I think that that does need wizard support to get there.
1: I don't want to make it sound like Wizard needs to pee yeah. pee poo for whatever, but we need a Smash Summit. That, that's what it comes down to. If you watch Melee, <laughs> dude, you holy crap. Can
0: you, can you imagine, like, if we had an MPG Summit, that'd be sick. We'd get to pick whatever formats we want. Oh, yeah, I was gonna say the side events to be hot. Can you just imagine, like, all these people that are trash talking their basketball games finally having to put up on camera? <laughs> yeah. Uh, what was your last one, Abe?
2: Yeah, my last one, uh, this one is a much more personal goal of, uh, just getting back into writing more about magic. Something I really like to do, even, you know, around the time that I started writing for Star City when I did, you know, something I still have a have a big passion for, kind of, this has been ignited by uh, my friend Kyle, who has been doing a bunch of reading of, like, classic articles that have come out over the years that he's just missed. Things that are just kind of the foundation of, like, you know, you're really starting to dive in magic theory articles. He was talking about how he was so excited about, like, reading about, like, a... The different decks of these time periods and like seeing things laid out with these decks as examples and how they were just things he'd never thought of before these decks he didn't know existed That like the history of the game was really very well preserved in these articles for him and then he was able to, ex- to access it and it just got me thinking about how like especially with the state of content now and like how people just either aren't reading articles or the articles are really bare bones really like you know deckless sideboard guide everything i know about blank all oh all the stuff that kind of makes it feel watered down that if I could really start writing more and just adding my experiences and some of these things that are kind of lost to the lack of tournament coverage, lost to the lack of interest in the content. If I could make sure that that has a place that, you know, five, 10 years from now, someone who looks back at this era of magic like has something to reference or, or, you know, that, that it exists out there. And I can know that like, we're not just as a culture kind of, like not recording the things that that matter to us, uh, that has kind of really gotten me thinking a lot about it. And I want to want to be a part of that and want to be a part of supplying the kinds of insights about magic, uh, either on big or small levels, that I have to, to offer more consistently. Because I feel like I've kind of uh, slacked on that for a while. It, it does matter a lot to me. So
0: Maybe I could steal your writing gig. Let me think about that, Abe. Maybe I want you. I don't know.
2: I get that a lot. Don't worry, Abe.
0: Uh, I, don't, know,
1: I don't. I don't. I don't want Masons. Oh, oh, oh sorry. I, I meant the part where they say maybe they want six 2 and single. It is interesting to me how well, relative to what the like exposure should be on these sort of things, that like the Google Docs get on Twitter. Where like if you were to look at like the likes, and I bet if you look at like the clicks and impressions, like Twitter shows you that it would be much better than, like, you would expect, but not insane. But, you know, like, there is a fever for that sort of stuff. And, like, last night I posted on Twitter and I was like, hey, are there any, like, 11-page Google Docs, you know, about, like, Brain Light or moth and stuff like that that I can read? Because, you know, people write that sort of stuff and they just don't get picked up by uh, web content websites or, you know, someone's doing them in the hopes of getting picked up by a TCG player or a card kingdom. And I, I got one sent to me that was, like, I think 12 pages about Yawgmoth, you know, and it was uh, in a lot of detail. And while that's kind of different than what you're saying, it is kind of in that vein of like, Hey, like this is kind of this thorough thing, breaking down the real intricacies and like every little itty bitty thing. And uh, yeah, I, I think there should be stuff like that. And you know, even like the bigger picture stuff, like you talked about, like that, that is essentially an all I know about all article, right? Yeah. It feels different to me at least, you know, where like it was definitely targeted towards like, Hey, you're someone who's trying to commit a lot of time to Yawgmoth. You're not someone who's trying to like read an article while at lunch,
2: you know? So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I this kind of stemmed from a conversation I've also been having with my brother, who's recently getting into Hearthstone and Legends of Runeterra, where he was saying that, like, the Legends of Runeterra content versus the Hearthstone content, Hearthstone content is so much, you, like, want to play Arena, and it's so much like, oh, pick this card, it has the highest win rate, or pick these heroes, or, you know, mulligan this way with these decks, and it's very shallow content, he was like, I don't, there's no content anymore about how I'm supposed to value the cards when they're in play, or what I'm supposed to trade off and stuff. And he was saying with Runeterra, there's so much nuance in, in a lot of it, either because of, and he wasn't sure if it was either because the players who are writing are more involved or if the game is more complex and therefore there's more to talk about, there's more interactions. You know, when I look at magic content, I almost feel like most of it is more of the first stuff. It's like, yeah, you know, board like this against this deck because they want to do this. And it's like, th- there's there's so little about what it means to be someone who's competing, especially during like during covid uh, I feel like that's like a huge collective consciousness thing that a, a lot of pro Magic players have gone through that isn't well recorded. I think there's like tons of stuff about all of these decks that have come out that aren't just surface level. You know, th- the time you take to write a nine-page doc yeah. about Yawgmoth, you're going to say every little thing about it, and all these things that you can't say in a 2,000, 2200 twenty-two hundred-word article for a major content site. That that stuff goes such a long way. And hearing Kyle talk about. The mono red sly versus suicide black matchup as broken down by Mike Flores in the case of like, who's the beat down meant like was so cool to him and was so awesome to him. I can't help but think that in three to five years, there's going to be an entire era of magic where that doesn't exist. And that really bothers me. So I, I'm hoping that this gets kind of get more in gear about being a part of preserving that. So
0: I'm going to switch cameras. For those watching on YouTube. And this is like the YouTube deep cut. We're going to go to just the screen. So that I can show people what. My favorites bar looks like. But we have CCMTG. We got Halo. We got Smash. And we got Magic. On my favorites bar. And on my Smash bar. Is a list of characters. And the content associated with those characters. And when you go to Greninja. There's a thing called the Greninja. Resources doc. And when you click it, it is a, oh man, I can't see the number of pages. I think, oh, it's 21 pages with every single Greninja video. It is oh, he's absolutely <laughs> insane. I didn't mean to cut these guys off, but like it's, it's the super deep cut where these guys literally couldn't hear what I was saying, but
1: uh, okay, we have to uh, listen to the episode. now. <laughs> yeah. You guys are going to have to
0: listen for the, the super deep cut. But what Abe is saying is true or the, you have to care a lot about the specific thing. And, and so much of magic content creation has become give me a sideboard guide and a deck list rather than teach me to fish, right? Like, And I hope that this podcast can always stay in that teach me to fish uh, vein. So,
1: It's a hard vein to stay in, too. You know what I mean? We have these conversations, but like, this is me kind of talking to the listeners. The listeners out there are like, yeah, I wish there was – more teach me to fish stuff or like, I, I kind of wish there was more stuff like that.
0: The uh, thing is, is that the teach me to fish stuff doesn't get the clicks.
1: It does not get the clicks. It does not get the hits. And uh, whether people like it or not, a lot of those major websites are driven by clicks or whatever. And bigger number, better person is the joke, but it is true when it comes to your article, click rates or whatever. And so uh, you have to vote with your time. And so if you like that sort of stuff, you don't have time to read the whole article, click on the links and stuff, you know, boost those numbers a little baby.
0: I'm I'm just gonna say we have some training grounds episodes coming up soon. You gotta smash that like button when you see them if you want more of them because like that's how we get sponsors. You know we're we're lucky, right? Like we're doing a podcast that you you guys are the patrons, you guys are the YouTube subscribers, and we don't answer to to big daddy click views, right? Like we answer to ourselves, and and so like as those come up, smash that like button. But also like when Abe writes that article leave a comment share it that's how you get more of that stuff
1: burn down the all i know about deck articles is that 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 was your third point right ape i'm not kind of yeah no that was
2: that was it for me was was just wanting to get back into writing because i think that keeping that stuff around is important got someone's got to do it that's
1: gonna do it for our main topic that was really fun talking about i hope the listeners got something from all that different stuff and maybe got thinking about different stuff a little more uh all the articles we want. No, I'm just joking. Tap the show, but we do have a Patreon question. And if you want to support the show, you can go to patreon.com/slash/ccmtg. The show will always be free, but if you want to support the show and feel like you got something out of it, you can go there. You got tiers from like one to fifteen dollars, I think now. And I believe if you subscribe at the ten dollar tier, you're going to get into the tournament for free and that's ten dollars so you're kind of getting in there for free so if you're already going to do that you might as well do it now get your spot reserved get in there you also get access to you know patreon discord you get to ask questions like the one we're about to answer on the show right now and you do get the pre-show mic check which typically is like you know a couple minutes of just chit-chatting sometimes about stuff like
0: arcane i definitely forgot to record the mic check this week i'm sorry
1: And uh, you're good i actually was curious because you went to go do the bathroom a little behind the scenes without having i was like i wonder if he's recording it for them <laughs> uh but i was like yeah you know whatever it happens it happens you know we're in the holidays whatever give us a break we to have an episode this week get what you have kids but we do have a question from or one of our patrons uh adrian adrian says any advice on time management and efficiency for those who work full-time or have parents or our parents sorry or just whatever I'm busy with life and love magic and want to get the most out of their little magic time. As someone who hits all three of these, do you have any tips or whatever? Because I, I definitely have some stuff, and I'm sure Abe does too.
0: I, the number one thing that I would say is to focus on an individual goal at a time. So, like, if your goal is top 1500 mythic, that's your goal. That's what you're focusing on. If your goal is improving at magic, I probably wouldn't touch the ladder. Like, straight up, actually would not do it. I think that you're better off playing events, playing on Arena, even though you're going to play against, a lot of times, worse competition, worse decks. It is actually still better for you to take the time to sit through an event and then have a pre- and post-event check-in and, like, analyze than it is to play, a, like, 10 matches on ladder. If your goal is top 1500 Mythic and you're a drafter, I actually ladder is a great way to get the best competition and get the number of drafts in that you need to get in. So it, it really depends, but focus on one thing at a time and then decide how long you're going to focus on that thing, whether it be the arena ladder month, whether it be, you know, each quarter or things like that, you actually have to set aside time. The number of times where I've been like to my wife, hey, I have not played Magic this week. I need to go play X number of matches with these decks for the podcast to have to be able to have an understanding of them. And you know one of my goals uh, I did a quest for 10 series on YouTube for a while. And the goal of that was like I wanted to get 10 wins with every deck. And that was because I wanted to be able to say like here, here's what I learned from whether that be 10 or 20 or 30 matches. It was never that much. But like here, here's what I learned. Um, and here's what you can take away from that. And I think that each thing that you do in your life and people hate to hear this but having kids makes you worse at your job. Having a job makes you worse at magic. It's just true. Like there's, there's not getting around it because you have to ignore one thing to do the other. There's only so many hours in the day and it sucks to hear that, but it's true. And Mike Sigrist will tell you that Seth Manfield will tell you that like, it's just the way life works. So it's about managing your time. And if you want to manage it the best, it's about focus. It's about drive. It's about power. It's now. Let's
2: go. I'm about uh, <laughs> oh, I, awesome I, to I, take that from you. To this, Let's go. Yeah, I, had I, to, yeah.
0: I had to do it before Mason said it, but it really is about like, you know, if I'm going to tune a blue blacklist, which is something that I did this week, you know, how how am I going to do that? What what is the goal going into this specific match? What is the goal going into this? And it's exhausting, but it's really helpful in in allocating your time to specific goals because you can't do it any other way. I know that for me, like after having my kid, I, t- I took a small. It was right after, you know, qualifying for the Pro Tour, and I took a short break. I, I, I didn't know what to do next and and how to get back to the Pro Tour, but uh, you know, I think the best tournament of Magic I've ever played was actually an RP the team RP- RPTQ. I knew that I was going to be put on blue white, and I think that I probably played that blue white be- deck better than any deck that I've ever played, but I had a goal in mind and I knew that the time that I spent had to be dedicated to that goal. And there's there's not something else you can do. And I know that sounds like boring, but that's kinda what you have to do when you have a job and a kid. Otherwise you're just kind of aimlessly playing. And it's okay to have aimless time, right? It's okay to say like right, I'm done with standard. I just need to do a draft or I need to go jump on my Nintendo Switch for an hour. You just have to recognize that that hour is taking away from something else. It sounds sad because it is sad, but that's just how life works.
1: Yeah, it was what I was going to say, and I'm glad you kind of brought this up, is that I think a really important thing is being honest with yourself with what your goals are and what your relationship with magic are and to kind of take actions according to that. So, and, and mind you, I think this is really important. This kind of gets feel like lost on my spycoprathin brethren but uh and sisters but it's okay to like casually engage with magic and still listen to things like this and want to be like as competitive on top of things as you can and still just like, yeah, I play like, you know, ten matches of arena in a week or whatever, right? Like that's fine. And your your relationship can also be like, yeah, I play my weekend win a box every, you know, Saturday, whatever from modern or standard, whatever it is, you know, or draft. And like That's good. Just come to terms and be honest with yourself about what it is, because if your goal is to get better and you are someone who is, you know, working a full-time job or does have a kid or isn't a committed relationship, you know, you should be thinking about, okay, what is the best way for me to improve at magic? And is it actually playing magic? Because my guess is, is the answer is you shouldn't be playing magic during that time. If you actually are trying to improve at magic and there are better things you should be doing, which isn't very fun to hear. And it sounds like doing your homework. But it, it comes down to like, okay, are my goals to like play Pro Tours when they come back? Yeah. Or is my goal to like keep my head above water at my LGS winner boxes, like going infinite on store credit? Both are great goals and they're awesome ways to interact with magic, but be honest with yourself and the things you do will be different for those things.
0: Yeah. I, I really want to add on to what you just said because I think that it it, it feels like homework because it is homework. Two, at least two days a week. Outside of when me going to Oasis on Wednesdays, and even when I don't go to Oasis on Wednesdays, I still make the time to play Magic. Is so two days a week outside of Wednesday Wednesdays is homework time. Like I am I am playing Arena, I am looking at deck lists or watching videos. If I'm doing something else, like I watched every single Mason Clark YouTube video while playing wow. Valheim last week, while his play was really bad, playing red blue dragons, like actually horrendous. I uh, wanted to make sure to say that on the show. It is okay to do multiple things at once, right? If you're listening to this podcast and you're driving, right? That That is you trying to take a shortcut. But you have to recognize that it is a shortcut. It does not have the same value as putting in those games. And doing that homework is really important. And when coming back to this show and when doing Mythic cast, right? If you guys noticed, when I did Mythicast, if you're a Mythicast listener that moved back over here... I hit Mythic every month when I went back to Mythicast. I have not hit Mythic since. Why why is that, Mason? You could probably tell that. Not your goal. It's not my goal anymore, right? Like so you just have to be honest, like what are you trying to do? And then you have to dedicate the time to do that thing. If your goal is to top it your one K, okay. What format is your one K? What are you, How are you playing it? If your goal is to do well at an R- NRG event, if your goal is to qualify for the Pro Tour, you have to be realistic about what is it and then do the proper homework. It sucks because eventually magic becomes less fun because you're not learning as much as you were. And you hit those plateaus, right? Or even worse than when you're in the plateaus when you actually get worse again because you hit that plateau for so long before you get to go up again. Those are the real hard moments, right, Abe?
2: The part where it gets worse before it gets better is is definitely tough. And, you know, any part of improving things, part of part of that getting worse is just you seeing more and more because you're sitting at this plateau thinking about it for so much. I think you two covered it really well. You do have to be very realistic with yourself with your goals, really honest about the time you have to commit and what you can do with it. I think learning to love doing the homework is huge. I think that Probably my biggest level up of the last few years was right before the pandemic, where I realized that I was like, you know, I was having a very strong, still below what I wanted out of myself, uh, performance on the SDG tour. You know, despite these solid finishes every weekend, I was like, man, I'm doing all of this theoretical stuff, and it's all working, but like some stuff is missing, and so adding in that first bit more of playing, so I was so focused with balancing a full time like schedule at school and you know just my life. Uh, on top of that, that introducing more time to play for me was actually best, but for most people, like 99% of people who want to get better at Magic and don't have a lot of time, the thing to do is to make sure the Magic time you're spending, you're spending in ways that are so much more than playing Magic because you get so much more out of a lot of thinking and then a little bit of playing to see it kind of in motion than you do out of, out of the other way around. And it's a lot easier to fit in more time to think too. Driving, lunch, breakfast, like any time that you can have time to... I would read SCG articles on the bus to school, and I would – now I listen to podcasts everywhere I'm driving no matter when, even if it's just for five minutes up the street to pick up a prescription. It, you just find the time to, to get that stuff in, and that, that's the best way to go.
0: I did this three you times know. in October and November, but I plan on continuing to do it. And I'll just let people know because it's not posted on the Patreon, is that I do stream in the Patreon. I did it twice in October, once in November. I've been really busy due to the holidays, but I will continue to do that. Where people can literally just jump in and play magic with me as patrons. I haven't been doing it just because like I, I've not been playing magic at time where times where I can do that. But those are the moments like I've been doing it with my friends right now, uh, because, you know, it it doesn't bug me when my kid walks up when I'm with Quentin and Matt, but like those moments where you get to like get in a room with somebody and do those things are going to be really helpful for you, Adrian and anybody else listening. You get three brains working on the same problem, right? Like Abe and I, I don't know when our video is about to. Come. I, I'm sure that he's editing it right now, but like Abe and I, we're going to time out every freaking game just because you have, you have a lot of opinions, but you are learning so much. Uh, I think it's really important.
1: Yeah. I spent four hours on a two and a half hour long canister vod. Watching him win the show, showcase. I, believe. I always get the names wrong for these things, but I believe it was the showcase yeah. for legacy because I have a legacy tournament coming up and I was like, well, maybe, I, maybe I'm going to play a deck like reanimator. I'm not going to play reanimator now, but like did what I needed to do. Right. I'd like put in the four hours and I play the league.
0: When the, the Vegas legacy thing happened and I mm-hmm. was playing like 73 of Reed Duke's 75 I like legit watched every match of Reduke GP with other people too. And like talked about lines and sideboard plans and like it's homework. Carmen actually had a tweet about this, like not that long ago where uh, they talked about like playing magic, having deck lists open when their opponent was like taking time on arena. It's like, okay, let's shift focus. Like let's look at deck lists. Multitasking can happen, but also just understanding the, n- the number of avenues and tools that you have And then figuring out which tools you need for the goals that Mason mentioned earlier is really important.
1: Yeah, Carmen is a psychopath. I don't know if you've ever heard them talk about how they would play with their three monitors. With the one in front of them, yeah, being I Arena or MPGO. <laughs> to the left is the necklace, and to the right is two Twitch Vods on top yeah, of each other, yeah. like a multi-stream the mode. Number,
0: I, I want to know how <laughs> how they do the Twitch Vods one because, like, I I always like when I'm playing Arena, I always have like whether it's a Magic the Gathering podcast or like something going on over here. I don't know how to two Twitch. I, I don't know.
1: I, I do know it was tabs. Like, like today I played a, a, a Yawgmoth League and had, like, uh, Ginger and Eyelash open at the same time. But, like, I, I had to tab between them. I I can't read the board states when they're
0: small. Henry did that stream with doing three drafts last week. It reminded me there's like a line where, you know, Selena Gomez is asked if she would live forever. She's like, if you Mm -hmm. could look like this, you wouldn't do it. Like, this looks pretty good. She's like, I can barely do it now. And like, that's how I feel like doing one draft and Henry's (laughs) out here doing three. Like, I barely do one, Henry. Like, what are you doing? (laughs) Anyway, I hope that answered your question, Adrian.
1: Thank you all so much for listening to this week's episode of Constructed Criticism. If you want to find me, you can find me on Twitter at Mason E. Clark. You can find me each and every week at Clark Kingdom. You can find me on YouTube.com slash Mason Clark MTG and on Twitch.tv slash The Mason Clark. I don't think I said that one. It's getting hard to keep track of everything, but I stream there. I think it's Tuesday through Saturday is the times, 9 p.m. Central. So check it out. We're going to find you, Spencer.
0: You can find me at Spencer You can find me next. I mean, we're coming up at the end of the year, guys. I will be doing YouTube content pretty hard next year. It should be pretty fun. So check that out, whether it's the Conjunct Grism YouTube channel or the He's Game Media YouTube channel. Uh, and then, yeah, you can find me in the queues on MTGO some, some amount of the time next year. So What are you, babe?
2: Uh, you can find me on Twitter.com slash more nothings. DMs still looking for coaching on Hammer. still going to be a great time.
0: Look at misplaced ginger's
2: gotten thirty seven yeah, and six, I try to so tell long. him I try to tell him to get on hammer. That's He's really heard you good. talk
1: about it a bunch. I can't say that it's not fair to say he got free coaching from you.
2: I think you should have those chesties I think, think we both I think we both know he paid. And I guess I'll plug uh WordPress.com slash much do about nothings, which was my my pre working for S C G blog, which I'll have to revive this year in in line with my goals. So that's where people can find. Me.
1: Thank you all so much for listening. We'll see you next year for another episode of Constructed Crism.